Hello there, welcome to the International Business Podcast. I'm your host, Leonardo Marra, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. In this podcast, I share my experiences and interview international professionals to draw lessons from the real-life stories. Coming up on today's episode. So recruitment aid is indeed a tough job, especially when you head on someone who's senior and has been with a multinational or big company for like decades. But that is how senior recruitment consultants make their filthy rich executive placement. Evelyn Lee is a recruitment consultant. She's been sourcing and placing candidates globally, from the US to Asia. Due to the outbreak of coronavirus, her plan of moving to Singapore has been suspended, and now she's working with a Chinese company, helping its overseas expansion. You can find more information about Evelyn in the show description, including her LinkedIn profile. Now, let's jump into it. Hi, Evelyn. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Leo. I'm doing well. Just a little bit changes in life, but it doesn't cure everything. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Let's get straight to it, Evelyn. Recruitment must be heavily affected by COVID-19. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about how to manage expectations and changes during this global crisis. As I'm a recruiter, I manage both sides of candidates and clients. I would like to share a little bit of what I'm thinking about to manage the, the expectation of my clients. So um, I, I actually tell almost my clients that the, the recruitment cycle currently is actually getting either longer or shorter. So the longer shorter means um, due to the travel bans around the globe and also the economic crisis, it adds more uncertainties and risks for candidates to make decisions of changing jobs. The candidates would either request more ridiculous items on the offers or contracts, like higher base salary, crazy guarantee bonus, sign-on bonus, no probation, unlimited contract, longer notice periods of six months or more, etc. Or um, it takes ages to eventually get an onboard. So that could be really, really long, like maybe one year or something. But in another way, the shorter circle means that this kind of crisis has huge impacts on the international trade and business. And a lot of companies, no matter they are big multinational giants or small startups, I think they're on the process or already done some global layoff, which means some, some candidates who have um, very good expertise or skill sets or some experience that the, the clients would like are re-available to the market and they are very easy to recruit. Even you can offer them some some lower salary within your budget. So in general, due to the unexpected changes, it's actually a good chance for me to educate my clients that they should not froze the headcount, but to keep interviewing candidates as busy as they were used to do in these peak recruitment seasons because I think that's the best way to get great candidates to be on board with lower budgets and also a smart way to protect themselves of losing talents when everything's back to normal. I would like to know who your targeted candidates are and what is your winning approach method to place them. So there are two directions for my industry focus. Um, one is healthcare related, which is pharmaceutical, medical devices, biotech, life science, hospitals, and etc. The other is automotive related, 
which could be OEM, aftermarket, self-driven, etc. Um, the candidates I'm speaking with are middle to senior level sales and marketing functions, and they are also coming from um, corporate strategy, business development, government affairs, um, public relations, product management, etc. Uh, that's a really interesting question about my winning approach. Um, I would like to put it in these two ways. And for candidate side, I'm, I'm always giving them tips and feedback along the whole recruitment process just to help them prepare a little bit better each step, each interview is like, like, like I'm just like a family tutor to help the students on their study and exams. Um, to give you an example, I, I always text or call my candidates every, every time they finish their interviews with my clients. I ask them how they feel and how they know about this opportunity, this position, this company. Any changes occur um, on your expectations? Um, are you able to do the job or are you willing to take the job? But most importantly, I do ask them every time, what did you talk about with the interviewer? And what questions did the interviewer ask you and how did you answer that? I think that is kind of cheeky but also valuable for me first to understand what my clients really cares about and also uh, how my clients to, to assess the candidates which they don't usually tell us recruiters. So I could use the same questions during my first one screening on candidate search and I know better um, in which way how I could present my candidate more precisely to my clients to convince them to interview the candidates. And secondly, this helped me to help other candidates to prepare themselves a little bit more sharp or targeted when meeting your clients. For example, um, the interviewer it is quite sharp. He doesn't want to waste time. So you better get straightforward to the point of what is related to this position instead of go through all your backgrounds one by one in, in 10 minutes. And on the other side, for, for my clients, I always prepare ahead of for what they needed and when they needed, which means I always tell them what they who they want, what they need to do, and when they need a candidate to be on board before they're even thinking about it. Like for example, some clients are fascinated about me knowing their business and recruitment pain points during the very general catch-up of, of our client meetings, which we normally only meet each other to understand, to understand ourselves a little bit better and teach our service to them. But for me, I would prefer to present my clients with some start candidates or benchmark CV just for the for their potential new business recruitment. Or maybe for example, the pharmaceutical company, they have a new drug who, which is still in pipeline, but I, I could present them some good candidates coming from other like the, the competitors. So that adds me good credit at the start of the day. And also I, I will prepare everything like um, the reference report, the reference reports or salary proposal and sending over to HR director or hiring managers right before the final interview to give them a hint that this candidate could be very great. So I can push them to make the decision a little bit quicker. But this could be, but this sounds probably a little bit aggressive and probably doesn't work for any clients. Um, what I'm just trying to say is it works if it's urgent hiring and you can't miss the opportunity to have this candidate. You really know your stuff. And I think that was a very insightful answer. Lots going on behind, you know, the, the job of a recruiter. 
and you are an international professional with experience across China, but also Europe and the US. So what insights can you provide about the, let's say, international recruitment industry? My insights for employers would be um, you will never find the best candidates on the market, but only the best available fit. Let me put it this way. We should focus on assessing the distribution sites, but not only about the experience, especially you need an international talent. I have a client, um, it's a Chinese company. They've been looking for a product director in the US for like almost six months. They want a candidate to be speaking Chinese and have exactly the same product management experiences in data solution platform. Good luck, good luck with that. I think that is a little bit too tricky and and, you know so they came to me with this requirement and the same job descriptions I told them um, it's impossible if you want this candidate to be on board in April because they have the products to be launched in April so I told them if you need this candidate to be on board before your product launch we'll have to change the required slightly. Like, I would recommend you to not focusing on like the 15 years of product management and, and how many years of blah, 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 but only to focusing on what skill set do you need on these candidates. And it could, it could be coming from other industry or other company other than your targeted companies. So, and also, um, I told them, if you cannot find a Chinese candidate on this position, maybe we can find a local American candidate who is like product director level, but maybe we can recruit another like them. After, you know, this episode is published, because maybe that candidate will listen to this episode, please let me know. And I think I'm entitled to a 0.5% of your bonus. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Evelyn. So... The job market is in turmoil, and unfortunately, many people are losing their job. I believe the audience will find the advice from an experienced recruiter such as you to be very valuable. What should people do right now? First of all, I would suggest that those candidates to, to connect with recruiters, um, you know, just to keep posted about the recruitment markets and also practice their interview skills. Because I always believe whenever you interview well, you negotiate little. So um, every step along the recruitment process either adds more bargaining power for you at the offer stage, or you will be in a very uncomfortable or passive situation. So you choose. And, and second one, I, I will suggest them to review their career path and, and to think about what is their unique selling points. Make yourself busy with whatever you always wanted to do but never get a chance because of work. And you're going to understand that losing job is very normal in, in our career life. It will just happen to anyone and it's not fully relevant to your ability. So I've, I've seen too many people facing this and conquering this as well. So um, Try to think positive, keep your mind sharp, keep your mind healthy. It is already good enough for you to do. I just came up with another question to Evelyn. Okay. People that are happy in their current position, should, they, should still they contact with recruiters just to be up to date with the 
recruitment industry or just to create a possibility for the future? I mean, should they still get in touch with people such as you? Mm, definitely, yes. So it is not just about the job itself, but also your connection on the market. Um, you know, sometimes if you, sometimes maybe you don't want to change job, but that adds you more, you know, information to power for you to, to argue if you want to get promotion or pay rise or whatever. Evelyn, I've got one final question I ask everyone who comes on the show, and that is, tell us about one memorable moment from your international career the most successful, the funniest, the most catastrophic episode, your pick. I've got a long story in my mind recently, but I will try to make it simple. Go for it. Okay. I was helping a Chinese client hire a head of Europe, especially in this kind of global crisis. I was doing a, an active and intensive search in a funny potential candidates in London. I sent in an email about some with some attractive words intending to arrange a call with him. He didn't respond after like a week because he didn't say yes and now during our interactions in LinkedIn and I was working from home with limited access to my international course due to the COVID-19. Um, so the first just the first thing I, I, I asked him was like, can I call you in, in WhatsApp or, or make some staff meetings? But he told me that I've only had six minutes for you in a very cold voice. So I pitched myself very quickly and tried to sell the job opportunity to him right away. But he didn't even disclose anything about him to me, no matter how I tried. Um, so I taxed him like, with things and, and a job description and some client's company information, just like a boy tracing his dream girls, you know. Um, there shows like weeds, no reply. So I text him again in three days with direct information about the job salary, um, the bonus structures, the reporting lines, and some other details about the job that I don't usually give to candidates um, in a written way. And it goes read but no reply. So I text him again in another three days and, and say that I have mentioned I've mentioned him to my clients and they, really, they, they were really interested in meeting him. Um, he, he, re, he finally replied me with, thank you, Evelyn. And the next day at the same time, I tried to call him like twice and eventually he picked that up. Um, and I asked him directly whether he's available this Thursday or fr Friday for a phone interview with our, you know, hiring manager in China and, and also the the executive stakeholders, he sounds shocked and, and said that maybe next week. So, and I didn't give up. I, I told him that we plan to invite him to meet um, meet the China CEO and president and also the investors in China next week. So probably we better do it this Friday. Or And, 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 I, and I just asked him right away, how about 11 a.m.? Eventually, there is a lot of story details between the process, but he passed all four interviews and we gave him the job offers. He, he accepted and he's going to join the company probably in four months. So, so looking back to this story, what I'm trying to say it is this story has taught me to never give up on the executive search, even though they are cold from the start, but there's always hope for us recruiters to get the deal done because 
um, by the end of the day, I, I called him to discuss the offer and I asked him what attracts you most about this job offer. He told me that it is actually you. It is actually you that pushes me along the way to, to get me to think about, um, to push me to think out of course, to push me out of my comfort zone. And he's been with the company for like maybe 20 years. And it really, and he thanked me to do that. And I take that as a compliment. So recruitment, it is indeed a tough job, especially when you head on someone who is senior and has been with a multinational or big company for like decades. But that is how senior recruitment consultants make their, make their filthy rich executive placement. So and this, this placement will contribute around like 60,000 euro revenue for my performance. So I think that's kind of memorable for me recently. Awesome, Evelyn. Never give up. Yeah. So before we go, who should connect with you, Evelyn? You know, as a recruiter, I'm ready to speak with candidates from commercial functions, like the sales, marketing, communication, strategy, operation, etc. And also the clients that they're interested in recruiting people internationally, I am ready to help. But meanwhile, I'm also open to recruiters who might be interested in my background and wanting to relocate me to other countries. Evelyn, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. No problem. It's a pleasure. Subscribe today to listen to more international stories. Do not forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll speak with you again on the next episode.